Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, May 27, 2021. I am Graham GSM Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week. Uh, we got a big show, as always, on tap for you fine folks here today, including an exclusive interview with the all-new NXT North American champion Bronson Reed that I recorded earlier in the week on Monday, went up on Tuesday, both on my YouTube channel in audio version, in audio form, and over on DailyDDT.com in article form. So check that out right now. But you can listen to it right here on WrestleRant Radio today. We talk all things his title win, his NXT journey, the fact that his title win fell on the 14-year exact anniversary of when he had his first match, which is super cool. We talk about movies, his home country of Australia, and so much more. He's a super cool guy, so I'm very excited to be sharing the audio of that interview here today on WrestleRant Radio. In addition to my usual conversation, in addition to my usual conversation with Mr. Marceau RJ, talking all things Raw, NXT, and Double or Nothing this coming weekend. Now, obviously, Dynamite's airing on Friday this week, so. We're not breaking down Dynamite from Wednesday because there wasn't a Wednesday Night Dynamite this week. But we are talking uh, double or nothing predictions. Raw, whether it was better or worse than usual. Um, NXT and the big championship match that headlined that show this past week. We're also discussing the release of Velveteen Dream from WWE that happened late last week. The departure of Adnan Verk from the company and WWE hitting the road again this summer. Uh, before we get into all of that though and the interview, do you got to mention this. May 27th holds a very special place in my heart as it was 11 years ago to the day from today that I began writing, or was accepted rather, as a writer for Bleacher Report. Um, I don't know if it was the day that I wrote my first article for them. It might have been a couple days later. Uh, but it was on this day 11 years ago that I was accepted onto the site. And it's been a an, an amazing journey over the last decade plus. Um, I mean, last year was 10 years, but 11 years this year. In the last year alone, I mean, the last 11 years have been crazy with so many cool opportunities and everything else, but the last year alone, since April of 2020 to April of 2021, and a couple of more this month as well, <clears throat> but in that year period, my goal, not the very beginning, but like after a couple of months when I realized it was possible, I wanted to do 100 interviews. Like I first started interviewing WWE talent in May of last year. April, I started with Jim Ross. And that was an opportunity that was presented to me um, by someone uh, at a publishing company because he wrote a book at the time, Under the Black Hat, which is a great book, by the way. So I spoke to Jim Ross. Soon after that, I heard back from a variety of people that I reached out to. Once the Jim Ross one happened, and then I interviewed um, Brian Q. Quinn, whose interview I was I wanted to share here on the show, and I never just really had the chance. I'll probably upload the audio of that at some point on my YouTube channel. Um, so once I got to Brian Q. Quinn of the Impractical Jokers. He was awesome, and Jim Ross as well. And the Brian one I was trying to land for a long time, like literally a year. I was on like, I was on them about, hey, I would love to talk to him. Not like being disrespectful, but because there was always a chance that it could happen, and it just 
you know, consistently, constantly fell through for whatever reason. So we finally were able to make it happen. He was free. I think the pandemic had a big part to do of that because they're not filming anything at that point. So I got to talk to him, Jim Ross, and I thought to myself, if I can get those two people, what's stopping me from getting anyone else? You know, so I just tried to reach out to as many people as possible. I interviewed this person and then that person and then the next person. And then finally, I started landing WWE interviews about a year ago, starting with Otis, and then Rhea Ripley when she was in NXT, and then Matt Riddle when he was in NXT, followed by the NXT champion Adam Cole, the Raw Tag Team champion at the time, Montez Ford, among many, many others. And that kind of spiraled into me working with a variety of companies in addition to WWE, speaking to talent from AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, even NWA, and among many other independent people and actors and directors and other people in the ind- in, you know in, uh, entertainment world and that realm in the entertainment realm um, over the last year and it's resulted in me doing a hundred interviews from April of 2020 to April of 2021 and again my 10-year anniversary with the website was last May but really the last year has probably been my biggest ever in terms of interviews and opportunities I've gotten including going to WrestleMania as a member of the Bleach Report community um, about a month ago, a month and a half ago in Tampa, which I would have never imagined was even possible had I not you know, put the work in and had it not been for uh, my affiliation with Bleach Report over the last year. Or my affiliation with Bleach Report, rather, over the last decade. And the last year kind of uh, came alongside it with all the uh, interviews I've been doing. So, And all of, uh, by the way, all of that obviously would not be possible without your guys' support. Reading the interviews, watching the interviews, listening to the interviews, sharing them, all this other stuff. And all the other stuff I do, too, including this podcast. Um, the YouTube videos I do, visiting my website, WrestleRantRadio.com, or WrestleRant.com, rather, and all this other stuff. That would not have been possible without your guys' awesome support. So I appreciate you guys for that. And the last year has been absolutely rewarding, crazy, busy, amazing, and everything else in between. Um, it's been a crazy journey, rewarding every single step of the way. And that's why we are here 11 years later, uh, still going strong, still getting cool interviews, including with Bronson Reed, which is a great segue into my next conversation with the all-new NXT North American Champion. One last thing before we get to Bronson, though, you guys could check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single week on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. You could rate the show, you could review the show, you could subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursdays. So with all that being said, guys, let's get right into it. My exclusive interview with the all-new NXT North American Champion, the colossal Bronson Reed. Hey, Bronson, how you doing, man? Good, how are you? Doing great. Congrats on becoming champ last week. Uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. We're a week out now from you becoming the new NXT North American champion. What are your thoughts a week later? Is it different? Are you still emotional? Are you over it by now? What's, go- what's the mind process right now? Uh, it's very uh, it's very overwhelming. Like uh, Now it's all really sunk in. Um, it took a few days. you mm-hmm. know. Once, once I became champion it was almost just like a whirlwind of things happening you get rushed backstage i had media to do uh the next few days was was very similar so now i've had a little bit of time to reflect um and now that i yeah have sunk in that i am north american champion i just want to be the best north american champion i can be how different is life now than it was a week ago from, you know, last Monday, right before he became champion? Like you said, you said you were busy doing media, all this other stuff. H- have you had a chance to really allow that champion lifestyle to sink in, or is it really just kind of the same, which isn't a bad thing either? Uh, I think it's like not, it's not too much different, to be honest. All 
that is different is now that I am uh, more wanted, I guess. I have a target on my back with uh, the, the people who also want to be champion, but also I know uh, tomorrow night I'm, I'm going to be busy. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the, the cool thing about the title one was that it fell, like you said last week, on the 14-year anniversary, right, of your wrestling debut? Yeah, it, correct. It, you know, that stuff, um, you can't script that stuff. Like, <laughs> sometimes those things are just, are just fate. It's amazing because that would have to mean that you would have to, again, lose a takeover. You got your first opportunity to take over. You fell short then. You get the rematch on TV. And not only is it like the same week, like NXT would have to move to Tuesdays to make that happen on the exact <laughs> same day. Like how perfect is that? Yeah, exactly. Like I only really came to realization um, like the weekend before that that was my 14-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my wife reminded me, she's like, Oh, did you realize that 14 years ago was your first match? And then, uh, the day before I was like, you know what, this, this is, uh, something that we need to speak about. And then you got to see that on TV, me speaking about that before the match I actually had with uh, Johnny. I'm glad you did because it, it's crazy because as soon as you said that in the promo that you cut earlier on in the show, I'm thinking to myself, how is this not said ahead of time? Like, as the match was advertised the week out, so you're thinking, how is this not said in advance? But it made that moment that much cooler, like you said, to have known that you uh, made your debut 14 years earlier. So in those 14 years, you mentioned you always wanted to be a champion in WWE. Growing up, yeah. getting into the business, wrestling for 14 years, do you think to yourself, this is what I want to do when I become champion, when uh, you know I win a championship in the WWE? Like, for example... I I will have the championship title sitting next to me on the couch, like when I'm watching Netflix at night or something like that. Did you have one of those moments going into that moment when you became champion last week? Uh, I think so. Like you, you envision these things and then, you know, sometimes you do have that doubt in the back of your mind, especially with my career, the, the journeyman career I've had to get to where I am. Mm. Sometimes I wasn't even sure if I'd make it to WWE, let alone become a champion. Um, and then once you, you're in NXT, it is also another climb. Again, you have to, you know, be sure of yourself and, and work your way up the ladder. And now that I've had it, you know, I've I brought the title back home and I, I have sat on my couch with the title behind me with my cats. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all that matters. That's, that's exactly what it's all about. Um, has there yeah. been any, you know, cool piece of feedback? Obviously, you had your wife right there when you won the championship. We saw that great video. I think it went up on uh, the website, WWE's YouTube channel, of you guys just celebrating the moment, which was awesome. When you go to the back and you check your phone, check your Twitter, or Facebook, whatever, Instagram, what's like the coolest piece of feedback you get? Because I saw, obviously, Rhea Ripley reached out, Keith Lee put up something publicly, which was awesome. Um, what was like the biggest piece of feedback that really got to you? Um. You know, I think it's it's just the it, there were so many. Like uh, I've always prided myself on being someone that is a good person backstage. You know, I, I've always I've loved this business so much that uh, I want to be able to be that backstage. I want to be able to be a locker room leader, and then to see when I won the title, just the outpour of positivity from not not just. Um, fans but also from a lot of people involved in the business that stuff means a lot to me because it means like you know what i want to do is happening and i am doing it you know I had people like finn as well tweet um who mm-hmm. was within nxt but then i had you know like a message from mark henry and Delo brown these are guys that i watched as, as a kid mm-hmm. so that's that stuff means a lot to me that's super cool like imagine growing up watching these people and then they're the ones texting you when you win a championship like that's just incredible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah, amazing. 
it's surreal in itself that you know I get backstage and the the first piece the first people I see are Shawn Michaels and Triple H and they hug me and congratulate me and that stuff as as a as a huge wrestling fan as a child growing up like is is stuff that you can dream about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you said it right there. It's surreal. Like you've been here in the on the main on the you know television show. You've probably been here for a little bit longer for about two years now. Like the seeing Triple H yeah. and Shawn Michaels when you go backstage. Did that get any less surreal for you? Um, at times it does, you know, things you get used to people and accustomed to, to them, but then every now and again, like, you know, I can be sitting there or just looking at them and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's Triple H. That's the King of Kings. That's Shawn Michaels. <laughs> that's the heartbreak kid. You know, he's Mr. WrestleMania and he's, he's teaching me things about the business. Like it's, it's really incredible. That's incredible. I mean, so just kind of talking about that, we go back two years from when you first arrived on the NXT television show. I think we spoke about this last time, the last time we talked, but the breakout tournament, yep. I, I have such fond memories of that tournament. It was such a great way to kind of, you know, uh, debut you and so many other people that we're seeing on the show right now. Dexter Loomis, uh, Cameron Grimes yeah. also was a part of it, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and so many others. Um, what would you tell the Bronson Reed of today? Uh, you know, to tell the Bronson Reed, I'm sorry, of 2019, what would you tell him from your experience today? Uh, I'd just tell him to keep doing what you're doing, you know. I, I came in with that mindset that uh, obviously I want to become a champion, but I just got to work hard and work my way to that. I've never had the easy route, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. I've never been someone to just come in and then all of a sudden be a champion or, or anything like that. Like, it took me 14 years to get to there so you know i just know that if i work hard eventually the the benefits will come absolutely and uh, having a great championship reign from this point forward has got to be the next goal i mean you kind of mentioned that earlier just yeah. kind of being that workhorse champion uh, i saw that you posted last week that you kind of want to emulate your title reign after rob van dam is ecw television champion after that wwe icon stock dropped which i completely agree because that was one of those great kind of reigns that lasted two years and he was really exactly. kind of a workhorse of that company um, along with Rob Van Dam from ECW, is there another champion that comes to mind growing up a lifelong fan, like uh, like a certain intercontinental champion or a United States champion that kind of had the same role that you have now that you want to kind of follow in their footsteps, so to speak? Yeah, I think, uh, so RVD is definitely a big one. I, I was a huge ECW fan, and mm-hmm. I think what he did for that television title was elevated to, you know, arguably the fans could say that was the title that they wanted to see defended mm-hmm. on the night. Um, and that's what that's what I want to do. Uh, I have, you know, no ill will to the NXT champion, whoever it may be, after tomorrow night. But I want to be the one that people are going. That's the championship match I need to see. Yeah. Uh, so, I think pretty much if you look at like growing up, you know, '90s, all of the Intercontinental Champions were that. You mm-hmm. know, Shawn Michaels at a point, Razor Ramon as well. Um, those are the guys that you know I'd watch, and I feel like would hold the show to a standard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and uh, it's kind of the championship that sets the stage for the rest of the show, and whether it be the opening match or the main event, as we saw last week when you won the championship, that's kind of the the title that kind of sets the tone for the show. So it's going to be cool to see kind of follow in the footsteps of all the people that you just kind of mentioned, RVD specifically, uh, especially coming off the dock dropping last week. But it's also cool right yeah. now to kind of realize we got that photo about a month ago with Rhea Ripley, Bianca, and Raquel all celebrating their championship wins. And also kind of yes. involving Rhea Ripley with that. Rhea Ripley, yourself, Andy Hartwell, all Australian natives, all champions right now in WWE. I think that's got to be the first time that's ever happened where three Australians have hold, have held championships at the same time in WWE. 
Yeah, I think so. And, you know, that makes me really proud as well. You know, uh, I'm a big advocate still for the Australian wrestling scene. Um, and it was my goal not to just uh, get to WWE and NXT and uh, be the best performer that I can be, mm-hmm. but also to let people know that we have a growing scene in Australia, so much untapped potential and so much talent that, you know, I think you're going to see more champions from Australia in the future. Oh, definitely. This is only just really the beginning. Uh, with things kind of yeah. dying down, now, have you been able to get a chance to maybe not go back to Australia, but do you have plans to go back and visit family or stuff like that at some point? Uh, I hope eventually when I can. I, you know, I I do miss a lot of my family, so uh, I do want to get back there. Um, I haven't had a chance to visit there, you know, recently, but luckily with with things like Zoom and FaceTime yeah. and, and social media, I'm able to keep up with not only my family, but um, I used to coach wrestling uh, in Adelaide, so there's a bunch of wrestlers that I still try to mm. impart some of my knowledge to back home. What's like one aspect of Australia that you miss, you know, having not experienced it in a while? Uh, to be honest, uh, it's meat pies. So, you know, <laughs> food that we have back home that's very, very just a regular thing. You know, you can go anywhere and find like a bakery with meat pies, such as Joel's pasties. They're very famous uh, everyday foods in Australia and they, they don't have them. Well, at least not in Orlando. So <laughs> that's yeah. what I miss. Oh, no, definitely. I, I actually haven't been there in like a decade. I went there once as part of a school trip. I went to Sydney, Keynes, yep. Melbourne. It's such a great country. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it was amazing. And I had family just visit there literally like a month before the pandemic started. So they got, that was like their last vacation. And they, and they really, really enjoyed it. Kind of on that subject, though, it, for someone who has never visited Australia, what is like one place that you would say, listen, you got to go here. You have to experience this. Well, I am from little old Adelaide, which is a smaller city in Australia. Uh, And obviously a lot of people go to your Sydney, Melbourne, the the bigger destinations, and they're great. But if I could tell anyone, I tell them to visit Adelaide because Mm -hmm. there's there's beaches that are nicer than anywhere else in the country, in my opinion. The people are super nice. The city where you can do some shopping is really nice. It's just a nice city to visit. Nice. I got to make that my next destination. I, I've never been to Adelaide specifically, sure. but yeah, Australia is such a great country in general. And uh, thankfully, things with everything kind of open up again, that's going to become a possibility again at some point. Uh, but going back oh, to yeah. you know NXT North American Championship, I know you had made this your goal to win it last year in 2020, along with a few other goals, you know, wrestling Samoa Joe and being in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Um, having won yeah. that you know championship now, a year later, you got that goal. Is it already on to the next goal for you? I mean, actually having, actually going before that, uh, going back a bit, having not won it last year, you were like, okay, I didn't win it this year. Is it already on to the next goal at that point? Or did you still have your sights set in the NXT North American Championship? Uh, I'm someone that like, you know, if I want to do something, I will pursue that as much as possible. So mm-hmm. I, I know I put that out into the universe that I want to be the North American champion. So even though it didn't happen in 2020, I made sure that uh, I still chased that. And sometimes those things become a reality. I think if, if you do set your mind hard enough. So those other goals are still things I want to do. Obviously some harder than others right now, but uh, mm-hmm. WrestleMania is definitely something that I want as well. Oh yeah, that, that's that got to happen. And the Battle Royal one, that wasn't even a possibility last year because we didn't get it last no. year. So that's not even like I mean, your fault I, thing, you know? Yeah, when I set the goal, I, I did not think uh, what was going to happen around the world <laughs> happened. So uh, now, though, now that we're looking into 2022, 
I'm not sure if that is a goal that I want to attain then. It depends on how my title reign goes with the North American Championship and uh, if I have anything else left to do in NXT. Yeah. Uh, When you go to the back after winning the championship, are you a super goal-oriented person to the point where, like, okay, I'm crossing this championship win off the list. It's already on to the next thing, or it's like, okay, let me just let this sink in for a moment and just enjoy being the champion for at least a couple of minutes? Uh, I'm I'm that sort of person that's always thinking two steps ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, so even, even before winning the championship, uh, you know, if I, in my head, like, okay, if I do win, these are the people I want to face or, or this is what I want to do. So I'm, I've always sort of been like that, which has been helpful with being a pro wrestler. If you can stay two steps ahead. Yeah, no, definitely comes in handy. Uh, with the Joe match too, obviously he's no longer with the company. Unfortunately, have you guys had any conversations okay. even before that, after that? I know you had tweeted him after he had, uh, following his departure a few months ago, uh, just kind of some public support, which was cool. Have you guys had any conversations with you telling him like, listen, dude, I really want this match at some point. Cause I know that's a match that has to happen eventually somewhere, somehow. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, able to meet him at the end of 2019 mm. Uh, I was a I was a big fan of him as a teenager. So growing up as a kid, I uh, I pretty much just watched uh, WWE and WCW. That that's all I really watched. And then as a teenager, I was exposed to independent wrestling. Uh, and Samoa Joe was the man at the time. So he he heavily influenced me into my early ages of, of wrestling. And even now, like you can see, there's an influence of, of him when I do wrestle. Um, and then when I met him, I said, Hey, we got to have that match. And he was all for it. So (laughs) hopefully sometime it happens. Yeah. Hopefully some point down the road. Uh, now that you are the NXT North American champion, you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. Have you, you you haven't got, you got a target on your back now as the champion. Everyone's gunning for that title. Um, is there anyone on the NXT roster specifically that you look at? And again, it's hard to single anyone out because the entire roster is very talented, obviously. But is there any one name that you think to yourself, I haven't faced this person yet? Or even if you have, I think we have great chemistry together and I think we can make some magic for this championship. Yeah, I think there's a few names that uh, that spring to mind. Uh, I do want to be that champion that opens it up to anyone. If you you know, if you want an opportunity at the championship, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that I like, someone that I haven't ever wrestled in my career that I think would make a good matchup is Tommaso Ciampa. Mm-hmm. He's someone that I would like to uh, get to wrestle in the ring. Pete Dunn is another person I've I've never had a singles match with. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, I think the people that you sort of see in that same realm as North American championship opportunities, someone like a Dexter Loomis or Cameron Grimes, mm-hmm. they're guys that I'd definitely give a title shot to. Who was your first first round match against in the uh, breakout tournament two years ago? Do you remember? Was it Dexter Loomis? Oh, okay. So you guys got to run it back, and it's got to be over the championship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I beat him then, and uh, I'll beat him again. Absolutely. Uh, as we wind down here, man, I just realized. Obviously, we had the colossal nickname for you now, which fits you perfectly. Are we going to hear Thick yeah. Boy on NXT TV anymore? What happened to Thick Boy? <laughs> I mean, I, I I was the one that uh, came up with Thick Boy. <laughs> just you know, it was something that I was getting called online, and I'm like, you know what? People seem to like that. It fits. Let's do it. Um, but then from there, I evolved into the the colossal Bronson Reed and I love, I love the colossal Monica, but at the same time, if you want to call me sick boy, or if we have throwbacks to that, that doesn't bother me either. (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, last question for you as everything kind of winds down, the world's kind of going back to normal slowly, but surely, which is great. What's one thing that you look forward to doing again that you haven't been able to do for the last year that you look forward to being able to do again? I mean, obviously being able to travel outside of Florida, I guess would be key, but other than that, I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, for me, I, I'm a huge fan of film, and I have not been to the cinema, like to the theaters, yep. and you know, since everything happened. So I do know that they are like some of them select theaters are open around me now. So I think uh, sooner than later, I'm gonna go back and watch a movie on the big screen. I love that answer because I'm the exact same way. And I just saw a movie <laughs> yeah. like last month. It's like you, you can't top it. I mean, obviously, you can watch certain stuff at home on Netflix and whatever, but it's just not the same. Yeah. Like the, the popcorn for me you, is like you the can't, best part. You can't replicate that feel. There's yeah. something about, I don't know, just the big screen and the sound and just, yeah, you can't you can't replicate that at home. I mean, I, I do love the, being able to watch things at home, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, definitely go back to the cinema. What was the last movie that you saw in theaters? Oh, what was the last movie I saw? It feels like it's been ten years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. It would have been something early 2020, and I'm I'm trying to think of what what came out, and I for the life of me can't think of what it was. I remember watching Rambo, the latest Rambo oh. in the cinema. But actually, I feel like that might have been late 2019. I reckon there might have been something else I saw afterwards, but I can't think. <laughs> How great was that movie, especially the end scene? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) It was great. Any one movie that you look forward to seeing that's coming out in the next six months that you know of that you're looking forward to seeing in a cinema? Uh, Well, there is one that's out now that I want to see, so I want to hopefully get to it before they stop screening it, and that's uh, Spiral. So, you know, the the, the story of uh, Saw, like Mm -hmm. it's this follow-on from Saw. So I'm a big horror fan, so I definitely want to see that. Isn't that like the seventh Saw movie they've done, I think? I think it's the ninth. Oh my god, so, that's crazy! I believe it's the ninth, and uh, I heard that they're making a tenth as well. So that you have ten saws. Oh my god, we have nine at that point. You have to make ten. Like the end of nine would be ridiculous. But I've heard good things about <laughs> it, so hopefully I get to see it at some point. But uh, this has been awesome, man. Thanks again for the time, and congrats on becoming the champion again. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Of course, thank you so much. I appreciate it as well. Another big thanks to the awesome Bronson Reed for the time. He was really, really cool. Again, if you haven't already, check out the article form of that interview right now over on DailyDDT.com. With that being said, let's get right into my conversation right now with Mr. Marcel breaking down Raw, NXT, and Double or Nothing this weekend, and all the latest news and notes from the world of wrestling. Mr. Marcel, brother, how you doing? Doing well, GSM. Doing well. Saw you just a couple days ago. We had a great golf game. Alexis came in first. You and Molly in second. Me and Dead last. Only by a few points later, though. We just got done discussing Happy Gilmore. How are you feeling coming off the big golf game on Sunday? Feeling good. I'm a little warmed up. So, I mean, whenever we uh, meet up again, I mean, you might be in d- deep trouble because I feel like my golf game's warmed up now. <laughs> of the four of us, we were the only two that got holes in one. So, there is something to be said for that. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I might not have won the war, but... No, I had the I had the sizzle. I had the <laughs> on the, might not be the prettiest steak, but guess what? I had some sizzle on there for the uh, hole in one. <laughs> I love it. Well, we're gonna get into all things Raw, NXT, and Double or Nothing here today, as we have Dynamite on Friday, so we really obviously can't discuss Dynamite, which is why we're recording this early. Um, but there are obviously a slew of matches on tap for Sunday's pay per view, which we were at two years ago from this past Tuesday. Does it feel like it's been two years since we were in Vegas for Double or Nothing, Mister Marceau? It does, just because I feel like the pandemic year just felt like it was so long. Mm-hmm. So years ago, dude, does feel right. Um, great time. I mean, I love that show. That was, that was a really good time. Wish we could have stayed a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but it was a fun time. Is, is that still your number one favorite trip, or was there another one that I'm forgetting? I don't know. I feel like that and Philly are like pretty close together. I don't know. I love Philly, too. Philly was great, so... Um, I don't know. I feel like one... They were both were fun. I guess they were... 
better for different reasons. But I don't know. Philly was really fun, so it, it might be a close one too. It might be like a one A one B situation there. Yeah, no, definitely. And both trips, like you said, were like you fly in and then fly out. I think I was in Vegas for maybe. I don't know, 36 hours. You were there for probably closer to 48 because you got there earlier than I did. Um, but that was a quick in and you're out trip. Philly, we were there. I think we drove in that Saturday night, right, to go to TakeOver. We stayed at the hotel, went to the Rumble the next day, and we drove home right after that. So, again, we weren't even there for more than 24 hours either. Um, but that was also a great trip. And you love Vegas, right? you definitely looking forward to going back at some point. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to go back. I'm going to bring GSM with me. <laughs> I, I've said this before. I don't love Vegas. I don't, I'm don't. i not a big fan of that atmosphere. I mean, knowing me, you probably just, it, it, you could tell. But going for a trip like that with someone like you, that's the only other reason why I would go back. So if it's Double or Nothing or SummerSlam, you got my word. I'll be in the next time you go. If you ask me to go, because the whole thing about that too, and I'm sure we've discussed this before here on the show, was that a couple of months earlier when tickets first went on sale, it was like the most random thing. Like we kind of kept tabs on what AEW might be when it first started and you know that they're going to have their first show. Tickets go on sale. You text me randomly and you go, hey, do you want to go to Vegas for double or nothing? I'm like, let's fucking do it. And then we just went and we just bought tickets that day. Yeah, exactly. It was very, un- I mean, not that I would say unplanned, but it was like, hey, the tickets are on sale. Do you want to go? Sure, all right. And then we just bought the tickets, put the flights, <laughs> the rest was history. Exactly. And that was the first one, I think, where like, because we've been with a, we've been on a bunch of trips that were just in the Northeast area. Like we just discussed when I saw you a few days ago, five years ago from a few days ago was uh, Extreme Rules of Newark. We had done shows like that, obviously shows in uh, Massachusetts, in New York. You had gone to SummerSlam. Not with me, but we I had seen you there and among other places, and we talked about Philly, too. We hadn't flown across the country, so that was like a new thing, and uh, it was well worth it. It was such a great trip, and it's a shame they're not in Vegas this year, just given the circumstances, but I'm absolutely positive they'll be back for uh, uh, Double or Nothing 2022 in Vegas, and if not before, then for SummerSlam. It sounds like SummerSlam might be there for WWE in August, so that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to get a Double or Nothing a little bit later, but a few things before we get into Raw from this past week, which I'm anxious to get your thoughts on, because I honestly thought it was a better show than it has been in some time. Two big news and notes from the last week. Uh, we discussed all the NXT releases last week here on the show, including Alexander Wolf and um, everyone else that was released last Wednesday. Velveteen Dream is now officially among those cuts as of... I think it was Friday, it was definitely late last week, maybe even Thursday. Um, it was definitely after we recorded. But uh, Velveteen Dream no longer with WWE. Obviously, he put out that statement a few days ago. I'm not sure if that changes anything, or I haven't really seen a lot of people talking about it, so I don't know if it will. Um, but yeah, Velveteen Dream officially gone from WWE, Mr. Marceau. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I don't really care. I was never his biggest fan anyways. I mean, you go back to all the archives. I feel like everyone was so high on the guy. Like, oh, my God, he's so charismatic. I just never, I don't know, maybe it was just a gimmick alone. Just, like, never was a big fan of it. Um, and then, obviously, with those speaking out stuff, I mean, definitely didn't do him, any, do him any favors on that end. But, I mean, I never was the guy's biggest fan, so I really didn't care when I saw he got released. I was like, finally. I just, like I said, never was his biggest fan and just never really saw the hype in him. Yeah, I mean, you, again, you can go back to the archives. I, always, I was always the one of the two of us hyping him up because I became a big fan of Dream as the years kind of went on, uh, specifically following the, um, what's it called, the uh, Aleister Black feud, specifically in late 2017. But yeah, I mean, obviously the guy was clouded with controversy with everything that kind of came out about him, not even just the allegations, but 
there was so much other stuff behind the scenes, it didn't really seem like that. He was worth keeping around. His career trajectory was in the toilet, so they probably just thought it would be the best bet to cut bait, and, and they did. I mean, people, every time we've had a round of cuts in the last year, I would say, people have said, what about Velveteen Dream? And we haven't even had him on the show in close to five or six months, so it was really more a matter of when than if, I think. There was no way they could bring him back to... NXT or even the main roster and not have people specifically when fans return in a couple months and not have them shit all over him uh, for the wrong reasons and not just because he's a heel so it was probably the best bet do you see him going anywhere do you think his career is over do you think it can be rehabbed after this what's next for the Velveteen Dream I know you don't care but in terms of your speculation um I mean maybe go somewhere maybe try to replenish his his image a little bit probably think a really low like local local uh indies but uh I mean, I feel like if the, the allegations he have it seem pretty serious, so, I mean, I don't know if think anyone will touch him maybe until those get cleared up if they do, but, I mean, I think he has to start from the bottom, honestly. Yeah, he's going to have to. I mean, we, we've seen this before. Uh, Enzo Amore comes to mind because he was involved, obviously, in his big thing um, a couple of years ago when he was accused of stuff and then he was found to be innocent. And Again, I, I feel like not it wasn't the exact same situation in terms of what they were accused of, um, but like he had other backstage issues, I think that kind of caused him, that kind of caused this push to stall a little bit. So that was probably going to implode at some point anyway, had what happened not happened. Um, but he was able to kind of bounce back. We haven't seen him in a major promotion since, but you know, he, his image isn't as marred as it was three or four years ago. And maybe dream can overcome it. He's still young. I have no idea. Um, but you look at people like Tessa Blanchard and Marty Skrull, both of whom were, outed for different reasons and they were both are gone from ring of honor and impact respectively and they haven't signed anywhere i mean i think that says a lot about the current landscape of wrestling that no one wants to touch these people so maybe they will end up somewhere eventually but for right now it doesn't look likely um another big news story from the last week again broke right after we spoke last week that being friday morning the wwe officially hitting the road again we just talked about this a week ago um and now it's official so they're going to houston i believe for smackdown on july 16th they're staying in Texas for Money in the Bank that Sunday, which, again, I think we figured it was all likely. And Monday for Raw, also in Texas. I forgot exactly where. Um, long overdue. Your thoughts, Mr. Marceau, on WWE officially finally hitting the road once again? Yeah, it seemed about the right time. I mean, everyone else is starting to kind of get back into uh, the new normal, I guess you want to call it, after COVID. Um, seems like a lot of states are easing there. Uh, restrictions due to vaccines, and I mean, Texas has kind of been wide open this whole time, same as Florida, so, I mean, now that everyone else is starting to kind of get back to a new normal, I'm not surprised, um, I mean, got to get out there sooner rather than later, um, and starting in Texas doesn't, it makes a ton of sense just due to, you know, being more of a kind of a wrestling kind of region, um, and just kind of, they have the most open availability at this point, so might as well start there, and make their way across the country at this point. So uh, w one thing I forgot to mention about that was that this kicks off a 25-city tour from when it begins in mid-July through Labor Day. Now, it's safe to assume they're probably going to extend beyond Labor Day. This is just an experiment to see how it goes. Do you think it's going to be exclusive to, like, the um, like the southern states, you know, the states that are more open, like Florida, like Texas, or do you think they could come to the Northeast at some point, whether it be a Boston or a Connecticut or a New York in the next couple of months? I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what the other states are, but I mean, I know Massachusetts starting this Saturday is going 100% kind of back to a new normal at that point. So, I mean, it's not like they're kind of still doing like limited crowds or mass mandate or 
kind of being pretty strict on that. So, I mean, I could say probably maybe August into September, October time, that's when they can come back to the Northeast, I'd assume. I mean, there's no mandate or anything. Why not? Why wouldn't they come back? Yeah, and I guess time will tell because I know we spoke last week about how Dynamite is, uh, I mean, I guess officially on until you get an email saying it's been booted again uh, for September in Boston. And is it in the same arena that we went to the last time? Yeah, it's at a Guinness Arena. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. So, yeah, hopefully that sticks around. And I I don't see why it wouldn't, because after all the mandates were lifted in the last couple of weeks, like a million different concerts opened up in the next uh, few months over the north, really everywhere, not just the northeast, but obviously down south here in the northeast, whatever. So I don't see why wrestling would be any different. Uh, One last thing before we get to Raw, and it kind of has to do with Raw, actually. News broke on Tuesday. WWE and Adnan Verk, the lead Raw play-by-play announcer, Mutually parting ways. Now he wasn't released as part of as part of cost cutting measures. I'm, I'm I'm sure that was maybe a factor, but you know there was a lot of releases yesterday, not in front of the camera, but a lot of people that work in like the digital department with the company. Um, I don't think this had anything to do with that. I think this more had to do with him putting out the statement that he did about how you know the travel wasn't really for him, and um, you know it's taken a toll on his family life. Blah blah blah. And that was it. And he, he said he enjoyed the experience or he was thankful for WWE for the opportunity. WWE said the same. And that was it. Now, I'm sure there is more to it. I've said this before in the last week, and I'm sure that was absolutely a factor. But you would think if he was such a priority to this company, for example, if he was the you know as, as great as Mauro Ranallo was, you would think they would bend over backwards to keep this guy around and say, listen, if you don't want to do Raw every week, maybe we can ease you in and have you do NXT once a month or the takeovers or... You know, um, NXT UK even like they put people there because it's only like a once a month job, and and no, they just he's just completely gone from the company after only six weeks of being on the Raw commentary team. So obviously this game is a shock to all of us, not because it happened, but because of how soon it happened. I think we all had an over under on how long he would be there. I think a lot of people said six months. He didn't even make it to the two month mark, and now he's officially gone from WWE. So it, it's funny in that it was such a short stint for him on Monday nights. But I think we all saw this coming as soon as he joined, and we realized that he wasn't very good, and he just wasn't improving. Yeah, I just, I feel, not that I feel bad for him, but I just, I don't think he really got a fair shake. Um, I mean, he was coming from the sports world, which is a lot different commentary than than the WWE or just wrestling in general. So I, I feel like they probably should have put him on, like, one of their B shows, maybe 205 Live or Main Event first, to kind of just get his feet wet, or just to see how it would even go. I feel like they just thrusted him out on Raw, and he's not, I wouldn't say he's a bad commentator in general, I just think for WWE, you have to kind of, like, be into the product, and know what you're talking about, and be actually be genuine, I just feel like all his excitement seemed extremely forced, he just didn't really know what he was talking about, and fortunately just kind of ruined his six weeks of being on Raw, I mean, that's, what, everyone, every week, people would just kind of crap on the guy, and I, I guess I kind of feel like he got a raw shake, just because he isn't really into wrestling it seems like he doesn't really know what's going on so they feel i feel like they kind of told him like you gotta be excited and it just felt extremely forced and it just ruined it for the guy so feel bad but at the end of the day i can't say i'm too surprised he he was really bad i mean he gave it a shot i appreciate the attempt it's just i was telling you before we went live here some people just aren't cut out for commentary again i don't know if i would be a great commentator or joe Shimo or whatever no matter how much you may love the product or hate the product or whatever like obviously he had no wrestling knowledge prior to coming to wwe he did the research and early on there were a lot of moves he was calling the wrong name i mean shit happens when you're only a couple of weeks in um and he seemed to be getting better with that to his credit but some people just aren't cut out to do 
certain things. That's like me wanting to start being a basketball player or something. Like, I think I would be absolutely terrible at it. I mean, you can always improve, but you can only be so good at something unless you have a natural gift for it. In my opinion, you can only be so good. Um, I don't think... I, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad commentator, at least for professional wrestling. He's just not... He's just, it's just not cut out for him. So, um, I think it was more a matter of when than if he was going to be, you know, uh, mutually parting ways or whatever. So... And that wasn't overly surprising that he's gone. It was just really more so surprising, like I said, about how quick it lasted. And, uh, I mean, it's safe to say that Tom Phillips is probably filling in for him on Raw starting next Monday, right? I assume so, unfortunately. I'm not the biggest Tom Phillips guy, but, I mean, I think he was still a lot better than uh, than Mr. Verk here. So I, I would assume that, that Tom Phillips will resume his role. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I think the biggest problem, I mean, it wasn't Adnan Verk's fault, but I think the biggest problem was that he probably wanted a gig, and apparently this was a Nick Khan call, not Tony Khan or Shad Khan, but Nick Khan, I think, is a high top-level executive in the company. I forgot exactly what his role is, but um, it was his decision to bring Verk in. They were close. So I think they should have just eased him into the position as opposed to putting him on the flagship show in the number one position. Um, as opposed to putting him on NXT first, or 205 Live, or even NXT UK, or something. SmackDown, I don't know. Something to kind of ease him into the role before they kind of put him in the biggest spot imaginable. Um, you know, he wasn't even there as long as Vic Joseph was, or D.L. Madden. Those guys were, you know, their time on Raw was cut short pretty quickly, too. This this company has a commentator problem. They have a lot of great commentators, but, you know, they limit a lot of them, specifically in the main roster, and I thoroughly enjoy Pat McAfee. But, like, do you think we're ever going to get at least in the foreseeable future, a the next Michael Cole. Like, is Tom Phillips the next Michael Cole? Uh, I mean, he sounds he. That's one of the issues. I feel like I feel like all these guys that they've been grooming seem like they're like the spitting image of Michael Cole. Which I think Michael Cole's good. I just feel like he is overly produced. Um, I mean, it's just that's how Vince likes it. Clearly, so I don't I don't mind Tom Phillips. I just feel like he is kind of like Michael Cole two point Which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but. I think he's probably the closest one to it. Yeah, no, I would think so, just because he's been there for so long, and they've plugged him in and out of various shows. Like He was like the lead guy on SmackDown, and then they bumped him back down NXT, then he wasn't on any show, and he was on NXT UK for a while. Like This guy has done everything multiple times over, and God bless him for being flexible, but yeah, I know he definitely has that Michael Cole feel to him, which is what they like. They like the safe people. And, uh, I mean, there is a definite, definite difference between commentary on the main roster and places like NXT. I mean, you look at someone like Mauro, who just wasn't himself towards the end of his SmackDown run. And then on NXT, I mean, a lot of people don't like him, which is fine, but he obviously was allowed to be more of himself on the NXT commentary team. And I think it was only the travel that really uh, led to his departure last year. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I think it's going to be Tom Phillips filling in for... Filling in for Verk now on Raw, which is the spot that he occupied before all the changes were made um, coming out of WrestleMania. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Corey Graves is another one. A lot of people don't like him, again, which is completely understandable. I enjoy the guy's work. But they need to bring in people and not have them be overly produced. I don't know if Verk would have been a good fit anyway, had it not even been for that. But, they, you know, less is more when it comes to that type of thing. So, speaking of Raw, what were your thoughts about the show on Monday? Because, honestly, after watching it back... After the fact, I thought it was a much better show than usual by recent Raw standards, anyway. I thought it was good. I don't know. I just feel like the issue with Raw I've had lately, it just feels like it's like rematch of Mania. Like, every week it's the same kind of stuff. And I just feel like there's nothing really different. Like, I think the show itself might have been better as a whole. But like I said, I feel like it's always, like, the same people in the same matches. And it's just the same, like, old shit. And I, I mean... 
I think Samantha does do that as well, but I just feel like it just comes off. Maybe it's three hours of the same shit, so it just kind of gets boring after mm-hmm. a while. But I think the show itself was good, but I feel like we just get the same stuff every week, and it's just like lazy, shitty booking. So I thought the show itself on Monday was like, I guess, a little bit better, but I just think at the end of the day, it always just seems like it's the same, like monotonous, same format, same segments, same people in the same segments. It just I feel like it has no like juice and no new. Like, value to it. It's just, like, the same old shit, unfortunately. Yeah, just a lot of the same matches. I mean, how many times can we see Charlotte Flair versus Asuka, you know? How many times do we have to see fucking Reginald, Tamina, and Natalia versus Nia Jax and Shayna? Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I didn't think any of the matches were bad this week. Even the women's tag team title match wasn't terrible. I gotta give these women the credit, because I, I don't give a shit about any single one of them. Especially, I mean, aside from Shayna. I mean, I enjoy Shayna, but she's been so badly booked, it's hard to care. The rest of them I don't care about at all. Reginald is a clown. Um, but again, the match was all right. It's just that we've seen them. They literally did the match a week ago on raw and it was three minutes. So why was it the main event this week? I didn't really understand that. Um, Alexa bliss was obviously gone from the show due to the death of her pig and, uh, Larry Steve. So rest in peace, Larry Steve. And I think he was, I don't know if he passed on Tuesday morning or on Monday itself. Obviously he was having issues on Monday, which would explain why he was, she wasn't on the show this week. Um, but yeah, that stuff was what closed the show. We had uh, a couple of very good matches, I thought. I thought Asuka and Charlotte was good, but we've seen it a million times. Um, Jackson Riker pinning AJ Styles was a fucking joke. I mean, come on, man. Is that supposed to make me care about these guys? Like, are Styles and Omos baby faces? Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I think it's like they... I mean, Riker and Elias are clearly heels, so I guess they're they're pinning AJ and, and Omos as baby faces, but AJ losing to him is just awful. Like, that should never happen. Yeah, that was fucking stupid. Um, I did really like the Drew and Kofi match, but having it go to a no contest and them saying, like, oh, you, you'll get a finish next week. It's like, I hate when they do shit like that. Just do the finish now or don't do it at all. Like, I hate when they do stuff like that. Yeah, I was fearing they were going to do a triple threat at Hell in a Cell and I was going to jump out my window. I can't do any more triple threats. You love triple threats, though. Oh, my God. They're done to death. Lately, they've been done to death. I do not need a a freaking triple threat and I understand like I just feel like if you're not going to do a clean finish especially on a Raw and you're just going to rematch and the next week like you said like, why do the match and, like why do the match now hey we're getting a triple threat next week in NXT <sighs> I'm so sick of triple threats so let's get into NXT I thought that was a, a very show this a very good show this week as it has been for the last couple of weeks really I think since the move to Tuesdays I've thoroughly enjoyed the show um, the second hour specifically, I thought was very strong between the million dollar face off, uh, the million dollar face off stuff with, uh, Grimes, DiBiase and Knight. We had the Frankie Monet debut in the ring, which I thought she did well. And the NXT championship main event between Karrion Cross and Finn Balor, uh, overall making for, I thought again, a very, very good show. So talking about the major points of NXT quickly, before we get into the, uh, double or nothing predictions, what was your take on the million dollar face off? There's been a lot of talk over the last couple of days that, we could be getting the return of the Million Dollar Championship soon, which to me sounds cool. I know they've done it before. They gave it to stunning Steve Austin or the Ringmaster, rather, 25, 30 years ago. They gave it to Teddy Biasi Jr. a decade ago. But I think that'd be a cool gimmick to, you know, bring back to NXT. Um, I, so I would, you know, I would be totally fine with that. Um, LA Knight being involved in the feud, I like that. It gives him something to do. Kind of terms Grimes, not babyface, maybe not yet, but like people like him anyway, so... I don't know. I liked everything about this segment, and it's cool to see DiBiase back on the show. So I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, I, th- I think it's been good so far. I like the uh, interaction with Grimes and DiBiase. I think it's been 
good comedy, not like too silly and too stupid. I think it, it, obviously, I think they have an end game for this. So uh, I think it's good so far. LA Knight, like you said, gives them something to do. And I guess I would say it kind of turns Grimes babyface at this point. I feel like that's kind of where they're going. So uh, I liked it. It's nice to see DiBiase on TV and I've, I've enjoyed it for what it's been so far. Yeah, no, definitely. Do you think, kind of based off what they teased when Knight was walking away with DiBiase, are they a unit now? Is he the new manager for Knight, or do you think DiBiase ends up with Grimes still? Where do you think this is going? I think it's going to be Grimes and DiBiase, honestly. I think maybe just walked out with him, but like it wasn't like they were like holding hands yeah. and like, kissing and at that point. So <laughs> maybe it's just kind of like a red herring, like it looks like he's going to pair with LA Knight, but then go with Grimes. But, I mean, it's, it's more interesting than what Grimes was doing with the uh, Dexter Loomis and zombies and all that stupid shit, so I can't complain. I mean, I honestly enjoyed that feud for what it was, and that was just me. But, uh, you know, I, I've, I've really been digging what Grimes has been doing in general. But, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the takeover match is Grimes and uh, L.A. Knight, I would have to imagine. Uh, Frankie Monet's in-ring debut. What was your uh, first impressions of her? Well, I love Taya Valkyrie. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to call her that stupid name that she's going by. <laughs> I think she's always been great, so I think she's just a great addition to uh, that women's division that's already really strong. Yeah, no, I think so, too. I think she had a good showing, and she has a great presence about her, too. She feels like a star. Um, I love the entrance. They already put the theme up on YouTube. It's probably It'll probably be up on Spotify soon. She just feels like a star, so uh, maybe she'll be the one. Do you think she might be the one to take the belt off of Raquel? N- not soon, obviously, but maybe later down the road? It's possible. I, I mean, I don't think she really needs to win the belt. Um, I mean, I think she, I, a call for her should be sooner rather than later, so... Um, I mean, I think she's great, so I think I think she can just maybe get her feet wet on NXT and then just call her right up. I don't think she really needs a run down there. Especially with, especially with Morrison flying solo now. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. injured for the foreseeable future, so maybe you could pair him up. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah, and the NXT Championship main event, carrying Cross, Finn Balor. I'd have to go back and watch the TakeOver match to see what was better, but I don't. I thought this was great. Carrying Cross is very polarizing. A lot of people don't like him. Some people do. I'm a fan of his. Um, it is what it is. I've just found him. I saw people like, oh, this the, the main event sucked, and other people saying it was the best match they had seen on NXT in a while. I, I don't know. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but Karrion Cross wins again. They have great chemistry, and he's still the champion. And next week we find out who the next number one contender is between Johnny Gargano, who you know the fuck isn't winning, uh, most likely, Pete Dunne, and Kyle O'Reilly. So what was your take on the uh, NXT Championship main event from last night, and who you think is getting the next shot to take over? Oh, I, I thought the match last night was great. I love Karrion Cross. Um, I know he's probably not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, he's not doing any dives or... Uh, I mean, super kick galore. Like, I mean, I, he's not doing super kicks, so I don't care, maybe. I guess that's what he is. I don't know. I just think he's <laughs> great. I mean, I don't know what people don't see in him. I think he's great. I just think he's just not what modern fans think of as, like, a champion. I mean, he's not, like I said, doing dives and flips and yada, yada, yada. I just think he's great in his role. I think he's... Obviously not Roman, but close enough in that aspect of being like a big hoss. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, who would you said Kyle? Kyle, Pete, and Johnny. I say Kyle's probably going to win by pinning Johnny. I would have to imagine. Probably, but I don't know. We've seen Kyle in the championship a few times. And he's lost every time. So, what, what? Why would he get a shake now? So, yeah. I'll say uh, Pete, just because I feel like Kyle's already had too many chances already. Yeah, I could see that. It's been a while since Kyle got his last shot. I don't know. Whoever faces him is losing, I would have to assume. Maybe, I mean, Adam Cole has to come back at some point. Maybe he costs Kyle the win and they continue that, which I assume is what they were doing anyway. I don't want to see that, but I assume that's where they go with it. 
Um, so I don't know. What about Finn Balor though? What do you think is next for him? Is it main? Is it main roster? Is it Raw or SmackDown? I think so. Yeah, I was gonna say I think he's his his time in NXT should be short at this point. I mean, he's he's not getting the belt. I don't really see him going after the new, new uh, North American. Raw could probably use him. I mean, I feel like they have no challenges for Bobby at this point. We keep getting fucking Drew at this point. It seems like that's where they're going again. So honestly, call him up to Raw. I would maybe do him and Bobby somewhere down the line, but I mean, I, I just don't think he needs to be in NXT any longer. Yeah, no, well, they teased SmackDown with the Paul Heyman thing during the video package, so we'll see. Um, I think SmackDown would be kinder to him, but Raw needs more baby faces. They need more stars in general, so, you know, Raw wouldn't be a terrible landing spot either. And he has history with Bobby and Roman, so you can kind of play off of either guy, but yeah, I think he's definitely main roster bound before long. Uh, we'll get to double or nothing predictions quickly before I let you go in the next couple of minutes. I uh, just announced earlier today, earlier on Wednesday. Serena Deeb, Riho, NWA World Women's Championship. On the pre-show, who do you think wins? Uh, Serena's going to retain here. I think it should be a great match. I think Serena's probably one of the better women's wrestlers in the business, just in general. And I don't love Riho, but I think she's she's pretty decent as well. So I think it'll be a very well-wrestled match, but I got Serena winning here. Yeah, definitely. They're clearly building to Serena and Rosa again, so I don't think they take the belt off of her before then. Probably the NWA pay-per-view next weekend. Um, Miro Lance Archer for the AEW TNT Championship. I love Archer, but I think it's two years in a row, in a row where he's going to fail to become champion. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Archer's great. I think he's kind of been lost in the shuffle. He's kind of he's he was heel, now he's face, and he was kind of feuding with Darby, and then Darby lost the belt, and now he's kind of getting his shake with uh, uh, Miro here. But I mean, Miro just won the belt; that it would make no sense to take it off him here. So, fortunately, he's going to lose again. Um, but yeah, Miro wins here. Should be a great match, though. I think these guys are going to work really well together and have that Hoss fight that you mentioned earlier. Uh, speaking of Darby and Sting tag team match against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, I mean, this isn't even a—it's not even a discussion. I mean, obviously Sting and Allen are winning, right? Yeah, easily. I, I don't really care for Page and Scorpio. I mean, I think I—it's I, I, kind of weird. I feel like Scorpio was seemingly kind of like going to get a singles push, and that just like yeah, he lost to Darby and then he turned heel, and then all of a sudden just joined a random tag team with Ethan Page and. I, it doesn't really do much for me. I, I don't know why they go over here. It feels like this is just fodder um, just to keep Darby busy, I guess, uh, and get Sting in the ring. So Darby and, Darby and Sting should win here. I wouldn't say I'm overly excited for the match, but it should be fine for what it is. Yeah, just seems like a random match just to get them on the show. I mean, they should be on the show, but, I mean, I don't know. Give them more of a threat than Scorpio, Sky, and Ethan Page, who probably won't be a team in a month, and they arguably shouldn't be anyway. Um, we also have Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage, not for the FDW Championship, like it even matters. But this is a rematch from a recent Dynamite. Cage won the first one, Page's first loss in a while. Um, I think Adam Page avenges the loss here and kind of gets back on track. Yeah, I think Page will win here, too. I don't think he's been on Dynamite since the loss. I think he had that segment with Dark Order. Oh, right, uh, yeah. Besides that, he hasn't been on, on Dynamite, so I think he needs to pick up a win here and uh, kind of get back on the winning page, and no pun intended there, but uh, yeah. get Omega down the line in the summer. Yeah, they got to heat him up again. He kind of feels like he's uh, cooled off a lot, so a win here might help accomplish that. Uh, Casino Battle Royale for a future AEW World Championship match. I'm not even going to list off the participants. It's just a bunch of tag teams. Literally, almost everyone in the match is a fucking tag team guy. Um, I will say that Jungle Boy is in it for whatever that's worth. Matt Hardy, Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Dustin. Those are really the people that I could see winning, but I think... Honestly, anyone but Christian, I don't really think is overly interesting. Even Penta, like, I don't know, been there, done that. Maybe Jungle Boy, maybe. 
But I think Christian Cage is uh, designed to win this thing. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Maybe have Jungle Boy beat Christian Cage, and that kind of be like a decent rub. Yeah. Uh, besides that, I think it's Christian wins LOL. Yeah, I don't think QT Marshall's winning this thing. Thank fucking God. <laughs> um, we also have Pinnacle and Inner Circle. Stadium Stampede match. If Inner Circle loses, they're over, which we already discussed should happen. But I don't think it is. I don't think they're losing two years in a row. I think Inner Circle wins here, too. Yeah, I agree. I think Inner Circle's going to win here, unfortunately, and then we'll get some Tom Fuller at all out. Yeah, definitely. Cody Rhodes, Anthony Agogo. I think Agogo goes over in his uh, pay-per-view debut, as he probably should, even though the feud's been all over the place. Yeah, it's definitely been all over the place. I mean, I, I like feel like Agogo's going to win, but like the whole like Cody bringing back the American dream, I just like kind of feel like he's going to win, unfortunately. So I feel like maybe they have a go-go just, like, kill Cody, and Cody gets, like, a quick one on him just, like, to get the win, but, like, kind of puts a go-go over as a big deal. Like, I don't know. I just feel it'd be weird if I'm going to bring back the American dream and a go-go doesn't beat some. I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> Cody needs the win to, like, make it, like, interesting. On Memorial Day weekend, no less, too. Yeah, and if a go-go just beats him, I feel like it just, like, I, I, like, I feel like it gets him over to a point, but, like, then what would he do with them? Because if he beat Cody clean, it's like, why does it matter at that point? So yeah. I, I, I want to go over to win. I'm more interested in him than anyone else in the factory times like a thousand. <laughs> I think he has a ton of potential. I think he has a great look. I Like I said before, I wish he was with Cody and like he was like Cody's heavy and just like a dick because I think Cody like really needed that heel turn. That never happened. But yeah, um, I, I'm going to go with Cody. Like I said, I just feel like him as the American dream. It just wouldn't make much sense for him to lose. And just like everyone, like, oh, after this great promo, he's just going to get beat. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make much sense. So I'm going to go with Cody wins here. I don't want the win, but that's what I see happening. Yeah, we'll see. There's going to be a lot of uh, – the, the reaction is definitely going to be interesting, if nothing else, coming out of this match, you know, depending on who wins, specifically Cody. Uh, I don't know. He has just been so directionless, and his booking has been terrible. And the weird thing is that he helps book this shit. Like, he's an EVP, too, so doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okura Shida, Britt Baker, uh, AEW Women's World Championship. I mean, Britt Baker next, right? I mean, there's no question here. It has to be Britt Baker. If she doesn't win here, she might as well retire. I mean... Go become a dentist uh, full-time. Yeah, seriously, be a dentist full time. I mean, she's been great. She's been the best thing since she's turned heel, which happened like last summer. <laughs> Obviously, she didn't get hurt, but like, I feel like they've been just kind of like same with Adam Page. Like, she's always been a prominent feature, but like, she just somehow like was never giving a, sh- a title shot. While Ty Conti, who I love, I mean, she shouldn't got a title shot before Beer Baker. So, I mean, I feel like she was kind of the Adam Page role of like. She was definitely grooming to go for the title, and then they kind of just like, oh, well, you're going to put you in another random feud, and she kind of just got, like, dinked around for a little bit. But, I mean, the iron's hot now. I feel like she's cooled off a decent amount since what she was when she was, like, thriving as a heel. But at this point, might as well just pull the trigger because if you don't do it now, couldn't tell you when it's going to be happening. Yeah, she has to win. There's no doubt about it. Um, Young Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston tag team titles. I think the Bucks are losing here, honestly. I think Moxley and Kingston are the next champs. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just feel like I could see the Young Bucks retaining. Mm-hmm. What via I'll, dirty means or something, probably. Yeah, yeah something. I'll, I'll go with uh, Young Bucks. That's my that's my pick. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe some dirty tactics. I don't know. I think Moxley's just lost so many big matches recently that he has to get one at some point. Eddie Kingston hasn't won shit, so that's why I say them. And they can, the Bucks can always get it back, but <clears throat> that's why I think Moxley and Kingston are winning. And then finally, I, th- I think the main event doesn't feel like it, but uh, Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, Pack, 
World Championship triple threat. Again, anything but Omega, I think, would be a dumb decision, even though I like Pac and Cassidy. I mean, I, I hope this is not the main event. This is the main event, Jesus. This is a cool <laughs> dynamite match, if that. It just... Even if, if Pac was built up to be something better than he is now, okay, maybe I would let it get slide by. But these, especially, I mean, Pac has been in the tag team title like scene, so had Orange Cassidy. They were just feuding in a tag team feud, and then all of a sudden they're just like, oh, they're the ranked number one and two, so they're going to wrestle now. So, I don't know. It, just, it feels like a, a big, obviously a big-time filler. Um, I mean, Omega should win. I mean, if he doesn't win, that'd be crazy, but... I don't honestly don't care for the match. If it's the main event, yikes. Hey, easier time to get through the show. You don't have to watch the main event then. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that could be good as well. I just, <laughs> I, 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 I hate to think that this was their plan all along. If it is, Jesus. And this is supposed to be the main event of their WrestleMania? Yikes. <laughs> That's just <laughs> awful. Like I said, I don't know. I feel like it might not have been. Like, I, I mean, the thing is, like, no one's got hurt, really. So, like. Unless they thought like like someone from New Japan was going to come over, or maybe yeah. some someone from Impact was going to be involved. I mean, still like, I, I, just, I just fear like how how could this have been their direction? <laughs> and like you said before, like Cody would have been made perfect sense too because just because like he like Omega and them are running amok. Even the, you could you don't even have to go with the whole elite stuff. Like you could say like he's like jumping from Impact to AEW. Like someone needs to stop him mm-hmm. and like. Cody, who else would do it but Cody, but clearly it's not him. I mean, it sounds like, I hear that they're not getting along, so. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that too. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but I think, like you said last week, this should have been him and Cody, but the stupid stipulation, he can't do it, so. Yeah, this match, I think it's going to be a very good match, but as a main event of a pay-per-view, unless some major name comes out afterward can, to confront Omega to close out the show, this feels like a very anticlimactic main event, but. We'll be here next week to talk all about it on WrestleRant Radio. I look forward to it. Uh, Mr. Marceau, thanks as always for the time. I appreciate it. And I'll catch your ass down the road, brother. Later.